I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I've got a very exciting day today because I am at World Horse Welfare. I've been dying to come down here for ages. And I'm with the lovely Anna Hammond, who's chief vet. Now, you are based at the University of Bristol. What exactly is your position? So I'm in charge of the first opinion practice at the University of Bristol and I have to teach the undergraduates to become graduates and the vets of the future Um, and we bring them down here um, several times during their training um, partly for handling and partly to understand the complex problems that we have with the welfare horses Mm. Um, and also we see medical diseases down here that we don't see elsewhere sadly. Really? Because where where are we? I know I'm in Somerset but whereabouts in Somerton is it? We're in Somerton. Um, close to the well we're in the middle of the Somerset levels Um, and we have a farm or we don't have a farm World Horse Welfare has a farm here that can house up to I think a hundred horses in terms of size but they are obviously quite struggling for staff with that number of horses Um, and like every charity we're hugely inundated um, uh, all the time with new arrivals wanting to come in Mm. Um, and we tend to deal with two extremes we have the extremely emaciated um, desperately poor condition and neglected we have one at the moment called Tippy who was abandoned on a rubbish tip um, Mm. who has a body condition score of kind of a half um, who was so weak she couldn't stand up for a little while without help, mm-hmm. um, who's now starting to put on weight, fortunately. And then we have the other extreme of Dave, who came in massively obese, mm-hmm. who had severe laminitis associated with his obesity, um, and has now lost over 80 kilos and is trotting around and starting to do some work. So That's amazing! It's great, it's really good and it's fabulous to see, and he's the best pony, we love yeah. him. <laughs> And then, so when you fix them, um, is is it then they go on to be rehomed? Because I've seen a lovely little Shetland that looks quite new that I think I'd like to take with me today. They're all here to be rehomed. We try not to keep any of them here. The idea is that we rehabilitate them, we sort out their medical problems, sort out their psychological problems. We have a farrier who sorts out their feet and a physiotherapist who helps rehabilitate them back into hopefully work and if not field companion status. Um, And generally we try and turn them all around and, and they have a pretty good success rate here the girls are amazing Mm. well it's just I can't believe how much it's buzzing here right now I mean there are horses everywhere the team is so confident and I noticed there's a lot of uh, younger vets that are around the corner as well what are they doing here we have a bunch of new vets or well they're about to be new vets so qualify in about a month and a half Mm. um, and they are here to just help me with some of the more routine jobs that we do down here so they're helping me um, under supervision 
look after some of the horses' teeth. Um, uh, so they have, we have one qualified vet and a bunch of junior vets, um, and I have some of the junior vets with me um, helping to do some of the routine care because not very long they'll be doing that out for themselves in a field. Which would be quite scary for them, I think. Yes. You know, first time by themselves, it's like they don't have the parent holding their hand, do they? I think it's a big leap of faith for them, yes. So we're trying to let them have um, a little bit of responsibility here, but under, you know, with the watchful eye of supervision at the moment. A bit like my husband when I'm asking him to feed the horses. You know, he's allowed a little bit. He's allowed to give them hay, but only under supervision. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he's lucky to be allowed that much. Yeah, so you mentioned earlier you have different types of diseases down here. Mm. What's different between here and anywhere else? Well, we see a lot of horses here that have quite severe liver disease because they've been eating ragwort Mm. out. Um, And actually what we've been seeing, and it's kind of new to us, is um, foals coming in with ragwort poisoning. So I'm investigating the possibility that they're um, getting that through their mother. Um, the research is not there yet but um, it's something that we're going to be looking into mm. and also we do see a thing called refeeding syndrome which is very important should you come in contact with a welfare case because when you have a horse with a body condition score of a half or even one you want to throw food at them Mm. Um, but there was quite a lot of research done uh, sadly after the holocaust when a lot of human beings died when they were emaciated and then were suddenly fed a lot of food then they got really sick Mm. Um, and there's this kind of vague syndrome we don't really know much about called refeeding syndrome so um, if you do have a particularly skinny horse under your care feed them hay don't feed them anything else to start with um, until their guts get accustomed to it and the other problem we have is we have a lot of horses with quite severe parasite burdens um, that require quite a long time for their guts to heal before they can actually cope with food proper food so um, you know the the message to everybody out there is hay only (laughs) until until we've sorted out their guts a bit Mm. and there are a lot of people that want to help horses um, and they see horses that they think need to be rescued and they've contacted charities like yourself but at the same time they are feeding and they are going near them some of these horses aren't actually welfare cases um, and then you get into disputes it's very if you think that what would you say to people that have seen a horse that they think needs rescuing what would be your kind of three checklists so i would um first of all i would speak to the field officers of the charity um we world horse well i'm not i'm not part of world horse welfare but world horse welfare the charity has field officers all across the uk who are very experienced they know the lay of the land and they're horse people Mm. some of the other charities have officers who are not specific horse people and so maybe wouldn't quite understand the needs of a horse if you have any concerns i would be speaking to them first Mm. um and they they, there are a lot of them and they're very good and they will give great advice um i think people quite often get very worried about things that we would be less concerned about um and i know that for example i have people phone me up saying a horse needs to be rescued because it's got a little bump on its face or it's got a bit of a snotty nose that sort of thing and that's not necessarily a rescue situation um but i think that there are other cases where it's pretty obvious you've got an emaciated horse in the middle of a field full of ragwort and that does need to be brought to the attention Mm. of the charities and but the first thing I would do if I had any concerns was phone up the World Horse Welfare field officers um, who will go and assess the situation mm-hmm. and they're usually very good at getting in there, finding the owners and, and finding out the backstory because there's often a backstory sadly. Mm. 
I find it really heartbreaking. I think it's amazing what you're doing here. I've been watching you trot up some of the horses. What are you looking for? Is this the horses that are here right now that we've seen today? Are they first-timers? Have they just arrived? No, the horses we're looking at today are ones who've been here for quite some time, and um, the ones we've been trotting up just now are the ones who hopefully will be going, well, they are now going onto the website um, so that we can promote them for rehoming. Oh. And we've got quite a few. You have, haven't you? Different breeds, different ages. Yeah, everything from Shetland to massive big horse yeah. do you know the story behind the little Shetland because I just I love him yeah she, she? Uh, oh, it's she a girl. yeah a little girl um she came in as a, a neglect case um being just abandoned um and she has very severe conformational problems so she's not going to be able to do pretty much any exercise because her legs are way too wonky um, but she's fine for wandering around the field and being a pet and a companion and so she's um, she actually has a home to go to um, oh she, no really yeah. I was really hoping I was going to ask them if I could take her home no there are others though who haven't yet got a home but she has a home um, and she's very cute and she is really well behaved but her legs go off in very strange angles <laughs> but as long as she's happy running around a field or walking around a field, that's fine. But I'm presuming for each case that you have here, there are ongoing things that owners need to take on board if they take them home. Like, she can't be ridden, the no. Shetland, she can't do any work. But if, if that's the case, do we have to monitor laminitis? Yes, with any Shetland I'd be monitoring laminitis. And the mm. field officers here do go out and do um, inspections every six months to make sure that they are being kept well. One of the problems big problems we have with horses going out here is people think they're doing the right thing and they overfeed them. Mm. So we go from a welfare, really skinny horse to a a fat horse with laminitis Mm. and that happens a bit too often actually Um, and the welfare officers have to get involved and actually sometimes we've taken them back. Oh really? Mm. Um, Because people are quite keen to kill with kindness. Mm. Anna, I'm so grateful for your time. I know that you're really busy today and you've got vet students and physiotherapists and horses coming in. But thank you so much for the work that you do and for talking to us today. No problem. Nice to meet you. And you, right, we will show you around the rest of World Horse Welfare in Somerton. We're back in uh, the stable section of World Horse Welfare, Glen- Glenda Spooner. Glenda Spooner Farm. Glenda Spooner Farm, because they have quite a few farms all over yeah, the country, don't they? five. There's five altogether. Four? Five? <laughs> there's four altogether. Yeah, there's four altogether. I only came for the Somerset one. Oh, OK. Is that because you're local here? No, or? I actually live in Newbury, and I have a human practice in Poole. Um, so I travel a bit to get here, but they're mm. worthwhile coming. Because well, they're you, such a great team. They are. And you're so close to me because I'm in the New Forest. Oh, are you? So, yes. <laughs> so when so, you need your back, come, and, I do. come down to see me in Bournemouth and Paul and I'll sort you back out. <laughs> so Christine is a charter physiotherapist. You look after humans. You look after equines yeah, as I'm, well. I'm a member of the Association of Chartered Physios in Animal Therapy. I'm an ACPAT trained veterinary physiotherapist, um, which is a very good qualification. So, And we apply our physiotherapy knowledge to animals Mm. Um, but how great though because you can use the human side to actually enhance the horse's performance as well you can say right okay the horse is maybe not very strong on his back I I have a lot of experience in the world of sports medicine I've done a a lot of traveling with athletes and stuff so I know how muscles work and Mm. physios are experts in that field of musculoskeletal medicine so we're aptly set to be able to be the rehabilitation specialist so my role here I come once every six weeks and I there's always a list of ponies usually about 10 or 12 for me to have a look at 
um, and I assess them from that point of view, if they, how they move, where their stiffnesses are, where their weaknesses are, mm-hmm. and then determine a programme for the, I call them rehabilitation assistants, the grooms, because that's what they are for me. Um, and each pony, if it has a stiff neck or sore back or weakness or balance issues, we work a programme based on what the most priority is for that pony Mm. Um, so what I find I can treat out I can mobilize it I can manipulate it I can work very closely with Anna the vet here to determine what the best approach is and if it's particularly uh, unsound or I'm worried then we're always here as a team Mm. to work out what the best plan is for that pony and that's what's so important because I think we often see um, the the big riders the professionals they have their teams and they have their vets their physios their farriers all together and I said if I could get mine all into a room at the same time that would be amazing and it's it's a fabulous setup here which works and we know that it's a proven recipe that works consistently and if there's any issues with the pony it's a whole team Mm. approach to that pony which includes the, the handlers which mm. includes the, the girls because they work with that pony on a day in day out basis mm. and and often they have insight that we don't see um because the girls see what it does like in the field how happy it is in the yard or whatever so yeah team is very important for world horse welfare so some of your work that you do is the actual manipulation so is, yep. the, is the massage how it's, it's, is it? it's, well, it's mobilization of the joints right so th- there's two things so you can mobilize or manipulate a joint mm. um to make sure their neck is free or their barrel is free or their back is free and their shoulder the scapulothoracic junction must be free and then you work through the muscles releasing the tensions asking muscles to work more efficiently, actively, and then make a program of rehabilitation based on what that animal requires to do its job in life. And then we determine what the best job for that pony is. Well, we saw you um, rehabilitating Dave earlier with the lovely Billy. Um, part of the rehabilitation process isn't just the, the manipulation, though, is no. it? it? It must be the training and it's the, the techniques. the training, the handling and the exercises. And, and what the girls are very, very um, expert in doing here is making sure the horses are obedient to their voice and they work in a very positive way. Mm. Um, so there's never a raised voice here. I don't know if you've noticed it. There's mm. never a shout. There's never the noise. If a horse needs correction, the girls are very quick to correct and then but very, very swift to praise good behaviour. And that's how we they take these very feral, scared animals sometimes and turn them into wonderful ridden ponies or paddock pets or Mm. granny hacks or whatever, (laughs) whatever role that there is for them. Yes. And how did you get involved with World Horse Welfare? Well, my mentor, Joe Paul, is a lady who's been involved with World Horse Welfare for years and years and years, and she recommended me to come here as I was relatively close. Well, hour and a half drive is close to there, <laughs> yeah. uh, to come here and to and work with part of the team. And I've been here quite for a couple of years now. Quite I've been years. trying to find a role for me because ah. I'm addicted and I'm, I want to take the ponies home. I thought I can be yeah. a rehomer, yeah. um, but I'd love to just come I down and volunteer. To, yes, well, I wanted to put every pony in the back of my car yeah. and take it home. I think my husband stopped yeah. that. But uh, yeah, they do find a way into your heart and it's a, it's a very, very worthwhile challenge. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, it's been fabulous to be here. So thank, thank you, you for having me and thank you for all the work that you do. My pleasure. Um, I think we underestimate physiotherapists, if I'm honest. And when I, it's my interview, when I'm interviewing, uh, you know, the top riders, they all say, you know, I couldn't be without my physio. And I've learned that it's, it's a necessity. It's not a something that you want. It's not a luxury. It's, no, it's going quite, to enhance it's an your whole part of the medicine yeah. or the veterinary approach to any athlete, whether it's a two-legged athlete or a mm. four-legged athlete. And whilst a lot of these guys, we can't call them athletes um, at the moment, they will be one day for yeah. somebody. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. All I'll right, let nice you get on with your thank day. You very much thank you. Bye bye. We're carrying on a fabulous day at World Horse Welfare. I'm with the lovely Claire Dickey, who is the manager for the centre here. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thank you. You've got such a busy day today, so I really appreciate you taking some time out to talk to me. Because I'd love to know what goes on in the insides of World Horse Welfare at Glenda Sure. So at Glenda Farm, we're responsible for rescuing, rehabilitating and then rehoming mm-hmm. um, several horses that, that have been rescued across the UK, uh, predominantly um, with our location in the southwest. Um, the horses that are rescued that come here for, come from the southwest, and we rehome to anywhere in the UK. Um, mm. So all of the horses and ponies that you see here will be looking for new homes once their rehabilitation is complete. Now it's fabulous here because you have quite a lot of land it looks like and a, a brand new centre just to our left which what's that used for? I didn't know that you had a visitor centre so actually anybody can come down and meet the horses. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, you're, you're, you're right. Um, we've got a brand new visitor centre that incorporates a, a bistro, obviously lots of information um, for the public mm-hmm. and also a fabulous indoor school. Um, so we, what we'd like to think is it's the, the window to our work so that mm. the, the mem- uh, members of the public and our supporters can come in and, and really see what's going on and, and be in touch with, with what we do. And also they can see what you're doing with the money Absolutely. because I think that's really important is what I've got from the day is how kind everybody is and how much they genuinely care about the horses. And you do have fabulous facilities. Um, so the money is being well spent on the horses. It's not being spent 
on admin or paperwork or you know like we often hear about charities sure. we can actually see talk talk us through because i love this the um the building planting a tree bit that you've got oh yeah so that we offer a, a trees and tribute scheme yeah. uh, so someone can dedicate a tree to you know memory of a, a loved one whether that's a horse or a, a person or a dog and obviously that's a lovely thing to do with with the land here the the spare areas that we're not grazing obviously it's great for the wildlife but yeah. it's also a really nice thing to do is to mm-hmm. be able to plant a tree and you know, especially a memory of maybe a, a horse you know a horse of a lifetime that has yeah. given given everything for you it's a, a lovely way to to remember them and obviously the funds that that are raised from that go directly back to helping the horses that are here in mm. our care so so how many horses do you think you have right now? So right now we're on about 83. Um, we're supposed to have a stocking level of around 65. Uh, we're really fortunate that we've got lots of land. We're at about a 200-acre site. Um, so it's not a, a welfare issue for us to have a few more horses on the site. Um, but we're, we're staffed to look after, really, and rehabilitate 65 horses. So mm. it's, a, it's a reflection of how dire the situation is with the horse crisis you know, we, we always say a genuine welfare case will always be helped we won't turn a horse away if if he's suffering um but you know up to up to 80 horses and we don't offer long-term sanctuary so all of the horses that are here will undergo a retraining and a rehabilitation process and they'll then be rehomed mm. um so we really try and um, promote rehoming really increase awareness of rehoming because for every horse that's rehomed obviously that's an amazing success story for that individual horse mm. but not only is he then in a, a safe loving forever home it frees up a space here and that's the critical mm. message is when you rehome you're you're rescuing a horse but you're also saving a space for someone here else. to rescue another horse mm. so that there's not a horse out there somewhere mm. that we don't know about that just gets put to sleep because he can't get a space in a rescue center you know that's that's heartbreaking. So mm-hmm. if people are looking for, a, you know, a horse or a pony or that they have room, they have time, they can consider taking another horse or pony, we really encourage people to you know, look on the website, find out about what we do, find about, out about the types of horses we have for rehoming mm-hmm. because the, the only way we can rescue more horses is to have more space, space in the yeah. centre. So it really mm-hmm. is that that simple. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost one in, one out uh, yeah. as best we can. So. so you must be working at full capacity most of the time then if it is one in one out yeah absolutely is, is that because more people are, are being horrible to horses there are more welfare cases what how why is that do you think you're always full uh, at the moment britain is in the grips of a horse crisis really that's the reality there are more horses in britain than there are good homes mm. there are surplus hundreds of thousands of surplus horses across the country um, horses are incredibly cheap to purchase um, I think most people would be able to go on to social media and find themselves a, a very cheap or probably free horse within a couple of hours mm. it wouldn't it wouldn't be a difficult thing to do but often what's not taken into account is the, the upkeep and maintenance cost you know to look after a horse is thousands of pounds a year and the animals who are given away cheaply or, or free invariably ordinarily have physical emotional behavioral problems or there's something very wrong with them and to to take a horse for free sounds like a lovely thing to do but the the costs involved to put that animal back to good you know back to genuine good health so that it's rideable and can enjoy a full life with his new owner is is a massive 
financial commitment and a massive time commitment. And I think... Um, People That's, struggle with it. People but we struggle. haven't got enough land, Claire, either. So there are all these horses that are being bred, and you know, and we—I don't think the UK has enough available land to be looking after them. So you get them strung on the side of the road. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's um, a common problem across the UK. Mm. Um, it's it's a difficult thing to keep a horse you need space you need time and and you mm. need money and i think people have the best of intentions often when they take a horse and sit, the situation can deteriorate quite quickly um you know a, a half a ton of horse can be a difficult thing yeah. logistically to to look after um mm. and invariably those animals you know fall through the cracks and end up being rescued by a centre like ourselves mm. yeah. and the babies the, the little I say the babies because they look like babies but you know the Shetlands and the miniatures it's like it's a new phenomenon isn't it let's get a, a horse because it's the same size as a dog and we'll keep it in the garden you can't do that no absolutely what the work that you do is incredible and the charities are working very closely with government to try and try and conquer this problem they work with farmers don't they throughout the UK to make sure there is land available so what from what you do here looking after the horses down to the grooms to the behaviorists to the vets to the physios right up to you know the guys at the top Rowley the chairmans with all the other charities I think you do a phenomenal job so I'd like to say thank you to you um if we want to get involved, then if you'd like to get involved and you'd like to help, then you can donate. I think it's really important because the money is so well spent. It's not just about donation, donating either because you can also look after a horse by rehoming it. So if someone's interested in rehoming or donating, what do they have to do? Uh, go to our website. It will be the advice I give to everybody. So worldhorsewelfare.org and that will give you all the information. So as you, as you rightly said, uh, donations, um, rehoming is a, a really critical thing. But if someone not in a position to, to part with their money at, at the moment or take on a horse at the moment. There are so many other ways people can support us you know, through uh, gifts and wills or perhaps volunteering. Someone might have mm. a couple of hours spare. Um, so it, it all really helps. So there's lots and lots of ways people can get involved. All the information's on the website. What about things like our old rugs? Because I see so many rugs going for £5 on Facebook and I think, well, that's ridiculous. Why don't we donate them? Absolutely. And we do have a second-hand tax shop um, within our new visitor centre um, that is entirely stocked by people's donations. Oh. All we ask is that stuff's in, in good, good usable condition and is clean. Yeah. Um, so that it's it's saleable, you know, as it as it comes in, and any item that's donated, if we can use it directly for the horses here in our care, then we would that would be our first, you know, our first choice. Yeah. Uh, but if it's a rug that's not a particular size we need, or a saddle, for example, that doesn't fit a horse that's here at the moment, we can sell those items, and all the funds raised goes again directly back to to the horses in our care, and you know, funding the equipment and the veterinary care that we that we do need so it all helps well i've seen well i've seen hundreds of horses here well no 83 horses here but i've actually seen up close four horses and the condition that they're in is amazing you can see they're tired they're worn you know a couple of newbies came in they've got a lot of they're covered in mud they've got a few scratches and um you can tell you can very easily tell a neglected horse by a a horse that's rehabilitated and better and it's lovely to see the bond that your staff have with the horses you know they just love them to bits and it's re i just think it's beautiful to see so yeah. thank you again thank you very much You're thanks welcome. for coming 
Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to the team at World Horse Welfare. If you'd like to donate or would like more information, then head to their website, worldhorsewelfare.org. You can also follow them on Twitter. They're at Horse Charity. As always, you can catch previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website, which is horsehour.co.uk. And we've got a whole bunch of education on there because we are coming up to the summer season now. So we've got to watch out for overfeeding our horses, as Anne said, laminar problems there's lots of advice on looking after your horse in the change of seasons are you strip grazing are you maybe letting them out in the field a little bit longer so they don't need so much feed but you're worried that they're not getting the nutrients that they need then head over to our education hub and you can always ask for other advice on our networking hour which is every monday night between 8 and 9 p.m on twitter you just got to use the hashtag horse hour it's easy Uh, we tweet all week so if you have any questions during the week then you can always include hashtag horse hour and I hope you have a really good week with your horse and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at amystevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.